You're listening to the Fresh Focus Podcast, where VA dietitian nutritionists are serving up health and wellness information for veterans and their families. In addition to being in clinic, chatting over the phone, or using Video Connect, we are increasing your access with this podcast, sharing bites of information from your dietitians when it's convenient for you. In this series, we want to focus on veterans who may be experiencing chronic pain. When we think of pain, we often feel the inflammation happening within our bodies and the impacts to our mental health. Nutrition and pain is a hot topic in our office. So join us as we talk about certain foods that can protect us and help with pain management by building your own anti-inflammatory plate. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I'm Beth and on today's episode, we are continuing with talking about inflammation and promoting pain awareness month. And I'm sitting here today with Nancy, anti-inflammatory nutrition expert and fellow dietitian. Yes, today we want to dive deeper, not only in nutrition and inflammation, but lifestyle choices that affect inflammation too. Of course, what we eat plays a large role in developing chronic inflammation. Our diet can also affect many other chronic conditions, prevent chronic disease, and provide us the nutrients we need to obtain optimal health. So not only what is on our plate matters, what is all around our plates and in the kitchen and what we do around our house matter also. And that's what we want to get into today for our listeners is that there are additional parts of our lifestyle that can affect inflammation. Okay, we know dietitians are notoriously noted for our list and we get it. But as we review today, some possible triggers in our lifestyle that cause inflammation, it's important to focus on the components you have control over, smoking or activity, versus things that may be out of our control, like acute illness or autoimmune conditions. So funny you mentioned that. I do have a list, but not in any particular order. (laughs) Uh, So um, first thing we'll talk about is smoking. Smoking or secondhand smoke can play a role in inflammation. So first things first, if you don't smoke, don't start. And if you do smoke, VA has resources to help you with smoking cessation. So please reach out to your local VA to find out what they have available. We do want to reduce smoking and secondhand smoke exposure. So maybe even today, you could start a rule of not allowing people to smoke inside your home or in your car. And the same guidelines would apply to vaping as well. Oh, that's a great point, Nancy. So when talking about smoking, we do want to make sure we include vaping in that category. Absolutely. And it's important to look all around our house and environment. For instance, environmental pollutants include a lot of chemicals and cleaners. And you can visit the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency website for more information about this. It's important to be aware of chemicals inside your home and place of work, being mindful of lotions or soaps that are applied to your body, looking at potentially changing some chemical cleaners if you're able to, and just being more mindful of your surroundings and environment. There are a lot of great options out there to help keep us healthy and safe. You know, many people use uh, vinegar sometimes, a clean, for example, or or using coconut oil-based lotions. Everyone has different needs, so it is important to find ones that work best for you. All great points. Another big one to add to the list that can lead to inflammation is long-term high levels of stress. I mean, seriously, we have had some pretty crazy things happen in the last few years, And with all this added stress, we have a need to learn how to manage it better. We have to take care of ourselves. 
So adding things like Tai Chi, yoga, deep breathing exercises, meditation, and mindfulness practice can help with that stress management. That's exactly right. So along with that, maybe spending time outdoors or engaging in enjoyable activities on a regular basis. Not all stress is bad stress, but we do want to be able to manage it. Yes. Speaking of stress, sometimes that can lead us to excessive alcohol consumption. And this is another one to bring to our attention. Alcohol is inflammatory. And while the anti-inflammatory nutrition guidelines limit drinking or completely exclude alcohol, at minimum, we want to limit those drinks to one drink per day. Okay. So, so Nancy, for our listeners, what counts as a drink? Yeah, a drink is 12 ounces of beer five ounces of wine, or one and a half ounces of liquor. So maybe looking at going from two drinks to one drink a day um, and reducing those portion sizes can be a good start. And I like to remind people that there is no rollover plan for alcohol. So if you think you're being good and you skip Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you shouldn't have the whole bottle of wine on Friday night. Man, that's a really good point. (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Chronic disease can play a role in inflammation. um, So we want to include dietary changes specifically to support that particular health issue. So typically those types of of dietary changes can fit really well into an anti-inflammatory nutrition plan. Do you want to give our listeners some examples of how that can work? Yes, absolutely. So some examples would be keeping sodium under 2,300 milligrams a day for conditions like high blood pressure, kidney disease, or liver disease, and under 1,500 milligrams a day sodium for congestive heart failure. Also counting carbohydrates for diabetes management or avoiding gluten for celiac disease. All of these special considerations will fit in the anti-inflammatory nutrition plan. And these dietary changes are ones you can work on individually with a dietitian. So make sure you reach out to your local VA to make those nutrition appointments. Inactivity or a a sedentary type lifestyle is another big one to add to our list uh, of lifestyle factors that can increase inflammation. Adequate exercise helps improve sleep quality, stress management, other chronic conditions, uh, gives our body uh, ability to heal and eliminate toxins. Yes, physical activity activates our helper cells to rebuild muscle tissues, strengthen our bones, and improve our daily function. Every minute can make a difference. Add in more cardio, strength training, stretching, or just engage in activities you enjoy. Right. I was just saying this earlier in one of my move classes. So when we talk about exercise, if I have a veteran that says, I don't like swimming. I don't have access to a pool. I really don't even like being wet. Well, then don't put down a goal of swimming three days a week as their activity and exercise goal. You know, come on, let's work on, we want to make sure um, we're able to maintain and sustain an activity. So choose something that we like to do. Yeah, it's so funny that that happens because exactly, we, we want to bring some fun into it. So maybe adding some music to listen to while you're cleaning or doing chores, um, that could be a way to bring fun into the activity or doing other physical activities such as gardening. Um, That's a great fun activity. And you can check out the Fresh Focus Summer Eats series for more on gardening tips. So we can help out with that too. Ooh, a nice plug for our Fresh Focus podcast series. So it really is a great series. Um, I want all of you guys to check it out. Lots of great gardening tips um, and listening for the whole family. It really is just awesome. Definitely, everyone should listen. So the last lifestyle factor on our list that we want to review is sleep. 
our bodies need adequate rest and recovery time. Oh, I actually really love sleep. (laughs) Maybe we should have listed that first, or maybe we've saved the best for last. Maybe I like that one. I know as a parent, I love sleep. I want to make sure I'm doing everything I can to get that said sleep. Oh, yes. Sleep is so important. And I love it too. So we want to look at our sleep environment. And this can include using blackout curtains or sleeping masks, taking the TV out of the bedroom, avoiding blue LED and fluorescent lighting in the bedroom if possible. There is actual science to this. So don't sit on your bed and pay bills and then try to go to sleep. Doing activities in your bed, like using a computer or watching TV, makes your body associate your bed with awake time. So remember to keep the bedroom quiet, calm, and cool. Yes, and sleep schedule can be so crucial. So we really want to try to maintain a consistent schedule for both sleep and wake time. So going to bed at the same time every night and waking up at the same time every morning. Start your pre-sleep routine one to two hours before bed. Stop working and doing stimulating activities. Avoid technology such as the TV or using your phone. I know it's tough, but put your phone down, folks. It is way better for our health and that nighttime. And also listening to calming music or practicing some of those deep breathing or meditation techniques. Sometimes looking at your daytime or or napping schedule can really make a difference. Any nap longer than 30 minutes may negatively impact your sleep at night. Yes, so important to remember. And those um, listening techniques like calming music or deep breathing help with stress. So you can hit two for one here. It's important to remember all of these, but also reach out to your behavioral health providers for more techniques or resources on sleep because they have a lot to offer and can help you really develop a plan for your sleep. And of course, a dietitian can assist too. So you could consider limiting caffeine or having a small snack at bedtime versus eating a large meal right before bed um, or not guzzling water at 9 p.m. You know, because that would make us have to get up more throughout the night. So there are dietary changes that can assist as well um, and things that we can shift to make your sleep better with food. Absolutely. And we want veterans to know that we as dietitians were on their team. Um, There are additional causes of chronic inflammation that need proper care and guidance from medical professionals, such as autoimmune conditions, ongoing illnesses, injuries, allergies, and more. And some of those health conditions also have food sensitivities connected to them. So pairing your medical care with our nutrition services and working closely with a registered dietitian can really be important for complex inflammatory conditions. Food sensitivities can also cause inflammation in some people. And these are more common in autoimmune conditions, neurological conditions, or in people who have certain cancers. In general, we don't recommend following restrictive dieting practices. However, if someone identifies a food that makes them feel worse, we do want to learn to listen to our bodies and choose foods that help us feel better instead. And seeing a dietitian is more than just talking about weight loss. Dietitians, we're, we're here to help our veterans feel better, including looking at ways nutrition and lifestyle can promote overall health and well-being. Thank you so much, uh, you know, for being here with me, Nancy. And thanks to all of you out there listening to Fresh Focus. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast, check out all episodes, and don't forget to rate the series and leave a review.